0: This week's episode is brought to you by K16 Solutions. Whether you need help migrating course content to a new LMS platform, or are looking for a more affordable way to archive student data, visit k16solutions.com to learn more about their migration and archiving solutions. That's k16solutions.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the EdSearch podcast, a weekly look at the future of learning. I'm Emily Tate, a senior reporter here. If you were just tuning in to the Scripps National Spelling Bee last summer, settling in to watch the competition play out for the first time during a pandemic, you might not have noticed Zaila Avant Garde as anyone other than Speller 133. At least not at first. But as the competition whittled down, Speller 133 remained, buoyant but soft spoken as she aced each word. When the only other finalist left standing incorrectly spelled narrowly oil, Zayla had a chance to win it all. If only she could spell just one more word correctly.
0: The word is Maria. It's a genus of tropical Asiatic and Australian trees having pinnate leaves and flowers with imbricated petals. Maria.
2: Maria. Does this word contain, like, the English name Murray, which could be the name of a comedian? Or does the say <laughs> English name in general?
0: I don't see that here. Bill Murray made the spelling bee. Maria. That tells you she's on the M- right track, though.
2: Wait, uh, what is the language origin?
0: It's formed in Latin from a Swedish name.
2: Maria. M U R R A Y A. That is Wait. correct!
1: <laughs> from that moment in July 2021, Zaila's world changed the Spelling Bee champ transformed into a celebrity, appearing on the front pages of newspapers and in the social media feeds of the country's best-known athletes, actors, and leaders. She was even on late-night shows. That's when the public learned that the Spelling Bee whiz had more than a few skills up her sleeve. She also held three Guinness World Records for the juggling and dribbling she could do with basketballs. Zaila is the first African American and the first contestant from Louisiana to ever win the National Spelling Bee. One of the latest stops on her victory tour was in Austin earlier this month for the South by Southwest EDU Conference and Festival, where she spoke about reimagining the spelling bee. And she squeezed in some time to talk to us about what the last year has been like for her, how she trained to become a National Bee Champion in just two years, and she even spelled a few words for us on the spot. Here's my interview with Zaila Avant-Garde. So last summer, after you you won the Scripps National Spelling Bee, you were featured in major newspapers, invited on to late-night television shows, and celebrated all across social media. Now that you've had some time uh, to reflect and let the dust settle, what was that like for you?
2: When you think about it,
1: what stands out?
2: I think what stands out most to me is just the... I, I had seen people like have these experiences of being in a newspaper. Of course, we look at the news and we see people, but I always dreamed of being the person who's in the news because I'm a big news junkie actually. So seeing myself in the news and, and that type of those type of experiences were really really nice, uh, nice for me, like really motivational just to see myself in a newspaper after I worked towards a goal.-. Mm-hmm.
1: Is there a newspaper that you read? You know
2: voraciously
1: that you were especially excited to see yourself in
2: there wasn't a newspaper there was a a news site national public radio npr which since i it had been my childhood dream to be on the front the top of it and then right a few hours after i won the spelling bee i logged on just because i'm a news junkie like i said so i was looking at the news and i saw myself at the top of the news so that was like a dream come true i bet
1: um what was, so obviously that was a very cool part, but what was the coolest part of the whole experience of winning, of being celebrated like that? I mean, you had the former president of the United States congratulating you on Twitter. So, um, you know, do you have a, you know, a favorite thing that you hold on to?
2: I would like the favorite thing uh, that I would hold on to is just the general uh, fact that I was kind of. I became visible to a lot of young uh, minority girls uh, or girls who are minorities and are just girls and minorities who saw me. And that was kind of one of the other things that I was working towards. Besides being on the top of the NPR, one of the things I was working towards was being someone who young girls could look at and be like, Hey, look, it's a girl doing something, which, of course, there are lots of girls doing stuff, but oftentimes it's not super publicized. But the spelling bee is a wonderful vehicle for me to was a wonderful vehicle for me to become visible to young girls and stuff. So I say that was the coolest part, becoming a young girl who people can look at. Did you get any
1: letters in the mail or emails or anything like that of people telling you that they, of
2: girls telling you they had seen you and, you know, wanted to be like you? Oh, yeah. There's lots. I met a lot of girls, of young girls, many of them hiding behind their parents' legs, which we've all been there. And I've gotten a lot of, like, media girls sending me stuff on Instagram and stuff saying how inspiring I am and stuff. And it's really nice because I was inspired by many people myself, and now... To be inspiring girls, uh, girls just like I was inspired, is really cool. Who are some of the people that you would say inspired you? I will say that I was inspired by a, a bunch of people, including Malala Yousafzai, who I actually got to talk to, which is like one of the coolest things that happened to me. I, for briefly, got to speak to her over Zoom, which is so cool. I've also been inspired by many women, such as the hidden figures like Katherine Johnson and people and Mary Jackson, and all those women who are breaking, who are shattering glass ceilings, and kept going beyond that. And they were very motivating to me and really inspired me to go and break that glass ceiling. That's amazing.
1: Um, So unlike a lot of the students you were competing against in the spelling bee, you had only been training for two years. Uh, What made you first start?
2: Well, I first started off because I have a, I had this really good big love of words. Like I used to like to read, to look at the, the, the bindings of books even before i knew how to read i didn't know what they meant but i was always just really attracted to books i think it was because like my parents were, were college students at the time i was around they were looking so i see them reading and of course i wanted to see what this magical thing was so from a very young age i had this love of reading and so it just kind of developed into when i was about tw- for when i was about 12 years old or so I was wanted to participate in a spelling bee for like a birthday present, and so that's what I did. And that was my first start participating in my regional spelling bee. And did you win? Of course. <laughs> Have you ever lost a spelling bee? Yes. I've lost many spelling bees. I th- I think I've lost more than I won, but I always placed really high in the bees. What was it like
1: to train during a pandemic? Do you feel like that helped or hurt your chances
2: at all? Oh yeah, I def I definitely believe. Like uh, at the beginning of, to be perfectly honest, at the very beginning of the pandemic, I almost certainly had COVID myself because I got, I got like right at right when it was first coming out, and I I at the time at the, I didn't know what was going on at the time, but a little bit later I learned what was happening. And that kind of made me really scared, because I now feel like at least I knew what these all those other people were experiencing and stuff, or worse, far worse, obviously. So I feel like the whole time I was studying, I kind of had that on the back of my mind, like, while I'm sitting here in my comfortable chair uh, at a computer listening to music, there are people out there who aren't comfortably sitting at their chair so I feel like that kind of injected a bit of worry into my mind at all times uh, studying in a pandemic.
1: So it was more like a mental distraction just to know you know the turmoil in the world while you were training. Yeah. But would you say that the pandemic just because of how many things were not available to to do and um, you know, schooling and extracurriculars, did it give you
2: more time to focus on training than you might have had otherwise? Uh, no, the, uh, I have a unique situation, being I'm homeschooled, so I will, there was never a period where I wasn't doing school, especially as I do school all year round. Though it's a different schedule, so I do six days a week for six hours a day all year round, so I don't forget stuff in the summertime, and, because I would. And I, I never had that period but what i will say the pandemic helped uh, there are big scare quotes around that was well, because there were a lot of virtual spelling bees that there weren't typically in the previous years which they had a few other spelling bees but my family does not have the resources to drop everything and drive up to new york for some spelling bee so i would say the virtual spelling bees and getting the practice uh, being in the spelling bee situation and that Having my winning moments and my losing moments was very helpful for me, so in a way, the pandemic helped me.: No, and the pandemic also impacted
1: the spelling bee itself uh, mm-hmm. since it skipped a year, and then only eleven finalists competed in person last summer. How did you feel about that? Did
2: it affect your experience of it at all? Oh uh, yeah, I was definitely very crushed. But, like in an expectant way, like I didn't I knew full well the bee was going to get canceled because of everything that was happening at that time. But still, it was very like, kind of the air sucked out of me. And then I, I didn't even, I wasn't even down for too long because I thought, what about the eighth graders? I was lucky because I was a seventh grader. But I just thought uh, there were some really tip top eighth graders uh, that uh, that year who never had a chance to do their final year, even though that might have been their year. And so there was that, but for me personally, it was definitely a gut punch, you know, I had been studying really hard, that was my first year where I really went in on studying, and I was really, like, really, really into it, and putting my whole heart into it, and then it was a little bit sad, uh, very sad actually, when the bee was cancelled, but luckily there were some spelling bees coming up, the virtual beats that I mentioned, that kind of took it away. I was able to just be like, okay, let me just, next year, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be ready for next year. It reminds me, um,
1: kind of like the Olympics, when the Olympics got rescheduled, there's so many people who had been training for this certain date. you know, they were working so hard, some of the, you know, their bodies couldn't sustain that for another year or two, and, um... You know, you're kind of pacing yourself toward a certain date, a certain goal. Do you feel like it's similar to that in a way?
2: Well, kind of. The brain isn't, qu- it's a muscle, but it's not quite like an arm muscle. Like, it gets tired, but at the end of the day, you go to sleep, uh, theoretically. So, I i didn't feel, like, physical. Fatigue or anything like I wasn't pacing myself. I would say, I would say at all times I was all in on studying because I couldn't afford to spend anything else because all the other spellers and stuff were cut. One of the main things I thought about while I was during the pandemic pause and the BB skits was that a lot of kids were out of school which means that a lot of kids had opportunities to literally study all day possibly and so I, I, any slowdown I wanted to do was like oh no 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 no, no. I can't afford to do that because I'm still doing schoolwork and stuff so it's definitely like I need to remember to stay on point. You must have
1: learned thousands and thousands of words during your training. Oh yeah. Do you have a favorite
2: I, my favorite, uh, I had two favorite words. Kashkai, uh, a word that I spelled, that spelled Q-A-S-H-Q-A-I, which I spelled to win the Hexco Academic Spelling Bee, which was a very important bee because I won that bee, and if I hadn't, I would not have been able to afford to continue my spelling studies, so that was very important for me. And of course, Marriott, which is my winning word for scripts. Outside of that, I would say my favorite word is Taluk Chindrawasi which is actually a word i got wrong in the hex code academic beat though i was obviously able to get back in that word if i can remember correctly is spelled t-e-l-u-k-c-e-n-d-e-r-a-w-a-s-i-h
1: i can't personally fact check you on the spot but i'll check later okay <laughs> and what about it's kashkai that you said what what does that word mean
2: i believe that it's a type of People, I, I I used to know exactly what it was, but I've kind of gotten a little distance from it. But I believe it's a type of people like a Turkish uh, people.
1: So since you just said that you used to know, and we already talked about brain being a muscle compared to, you know, arm strength and leg strength, um... Explain, you know, I don't, I don't know as many words as you, and I certainly don't know the spelling of as many words as you. But what is that like in your mind? Is it, you know, is it a memory thing, or you know, if you if you stop training for a few months, do you lose a lot of that aptitude? Like, how does that work?
2: It's kind of like, memory for me. It's a big, big part of it is memory because I have like a really mem- a brain for memorizing stuff. But I, it's also just. It's kind of like riding a bike, like, though I have lost many of the, uh, I've lost many of the, some of the skills, like the roots and knowledge and stuff. It's like, like I said, it's like riding a bike within like, with like a month or two of stay, I could be right back at full capacity.
1: After the break, we challenge Zaila to a mini spelling bee of our own. Stay with
0: us. What do Northeastern University, Rutgers, Wake Forest University, CSU Fullerton, and St. Mary's University of Minnesota all have in common? Well, they and dozens of other institutions around the globe have used K-16 solutions to help them migrate to their new LMS. Gone are the days of burdening faculty with manually moving LMS content, or paying for a white glove service. Both options are archaic, riddled with errors requiring a tremendous amount of course reconstruction, and both are manual processes. Introducing Scaffold by K16 Solutions. Scaffold is a revolutionary product that allows you to move online content from one LMS to another in real time, capturing details such as course structure, quizzes, tests, and even question pools using sophisticated but simple automation. Scaffold replaces what used to be a manual resource-intensive operation, transforming LMS course migration into a quick, accurate, and affordable process most importantly scaffold migration requires little to no manual intervention by faculty staff or anyone else to learn more about k16 solutions automated lms migration solutions visit k16solutions.com that's k16solutions.com now back to the episode
1: would you be willing to spell a few words now
2: uh, yeah. Depends on what type of words they are.
1: I I don't know what type
2: of words they are,
1: um, but you can decline if you would like. I'm not, I'm always up for a challenge. Okay. Please don't embarrass me. The first word is chihuahua.
2: Oh, that's easy. Every time... My father's name is Jawara, so every time that anybody says chihuahua, he says, huh? Because <laughs> that's like his thing, because it kind of sounds like chihuahua. That's, the, that's that cute little dog, right?
1: Yes, it is also a state of northern Mexico.
2: Chihuahua. C-H-I-H-U-A-H-U-A.
1: Very good. Um, what about Staphylococci?
2: Staphylococci. Those bastards. Staphylococci. S-T-A-P-H-Y-L-O-C-O-C-C-I.
1: Bingo. Um, two more. Okay, the next one is Insouciant.
2: Insouciant. That's kind of a pretty good word to describe me, insouciant. Oh,
1: so you mean showing a lack of concern or indifference?
2: Uh, outwardly, inside, that's a different story. <laughs> but that's what I try to portray. I-N-S-O-U-C-I-A-N-T.
1: Yes. Um, the last word is psoriasis.
2: Psoriasis? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This word I has homonyms. Is this like the skin affliction? Mm-hmm. P-S-O-R-I-A-S-I-S. Yes, four for four. Very good. So you're, uh, you're still an excellent,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, you have called spelling for you the hors d'oeuvres and basketball the entree. Um, first of all, I like that analogy a lot. But tell me about that. Why is basketball so important to you?
2: It's the first thing I, a uh, first thing that I might that I ever did that really stuck with me. My, uh we tried a couple of other things, but that's lost in history. So when I was five years old, my parents started me on it because I was like a really energetic kid. I was, I like to say I was like honey boo boo after she got her drink. Like I was just out of control. My parents needed a way to to fix this, so basketball was a sport that my father had loved when he was a kid. So he's like, "Hey, maybe basketball will will be the thing for her." And I it stuck with me immediately because an excuse to go to the park, and also reason to hang. I just I'm a really extroverted person. I love to hang out with people, so I also love the camaraderie aspect of it.
1: Um. And you have one of you Guinness World Records for your basketball skills. Can you tell us about those?
2: Yeah, those aren't quite my basketball skills. Those are my juggling skills. They started out from the same thing, but they, they're they a little bit different. My juggling skills, yeah, I have two Guinness World Records now. i The third one, I had got broken by a guy. God bless his little heart. I love him. He was actually my the person who inspired me to become a juggler was and now he's come back and beaten my record that's very that's very i guess cool for me but anyway i have two guinness world records and those were my juggling records which kind of developed out of basketball because i was doing like three basketballs dribbling three basketballs just for like hand-eye coordination like if you could dribble three you can do one and so Three basketballs was kind, of, was kind of like the beginning, and then I kind of just went off from there up to six basketballs. So you strike
1: me as maybe a little bit of a competitive person? A little bit.
2: I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a, intense, a very competitive person.
1: I would say you're a National Spelling Bee winner and beholder of multiple Guinness World Records. Um, are you going to try and go back and edge out that guy who beat your third world um, record? I have...
2: I have my plans, just don't tell him. I'm definitely thinking that, like I said, uh, I do like have a lot of respect for him because he was the first person who introduced, who kind of like showed, like, you can do this. And so he was kind of like, without knowing it, he was kind of my mentor. But eventually, one has to outgrow their mentor, and that's what I plan to do. I go to, I'm working, definitely working on a way to try to reclaim my record. Yeah, definitely.
1: The student teaches the teacher something. Yes. Um, of all the things you've accomplished, and at age fifteen, mm-hmm. there are many. Uh, what are you most proud of?
2: I think I'm most proud of winning a spelling bee because of the long, the the effect of what I, of ho- the hopeful effect of my accomplishment. Because one, like I've mentioned previously, one of my big uh, things big motivating things that I want to do is to be kind of like a beacon of light to young girls and minorities. And juggling and playing basketball wasn't exactly putting me on the platform for lots of young girls to see, but winning the spelling bee has put me on the platform. Like, I'm here because of the spelling bee via basketball. I'm not really here because of my Guinness World Records, for example. And that's so people are hearing my story maybe being motivated like hey she can do it I can do it because I'm just a typical girl and they're typical girls and that's kind of why I'm the most proud of the spelling bee do you think you are just a typical girl yeah my parents say everybody else says something else but in my mind I'm typical
1: um What's next for you? Have you set your sights on
2: a new goal? Yeah, I'm working on learning piano because uh, I've always had a big love of music. And I'm also working on learning Spanish, which is uh, something I'm really excited about.
1: Now, I believe you won a pretty nice cash prize with your spelling bee win. Um, in, is that $50,000? Yeah. Do you have plans for what to do with it?
2: Yeah. I'm going to save it. No, save it uh, for a rainy day. Like some of the, some of the what I, I the fifty thousand dollars I have are going are being saved mostly. Uh, does anybody know my address? I don't think so. Yeah, okay. okay. I'm <laughs> saving it for you know a rainy day. Stuff can come up, family emergencies, and that's something I really like. Is that now I can help. So, like say I have. Uh, say something happens to one of my brothers now I have the ability to to be able to help out and that's something that I really like
1: that's very generous of you yeah um and you're in in ninth grade now right so now that you're in high school um and there's you know so much attention on you have you given any thought to what you want to do after
2: school Uh, After I finish, I I want to go to new school. After I finish, I want to go to college. I want to go to Harvard and play basketball there. That's what I'm hoping to go there to study my interest in neuroscience and gene editing. Gene editing.
1: Okay. Um, Well, I did want to ask one more thing. So you said you're homeschooled. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was school like for you during the pandemic? Did it feel sort of unchanged because you were homeschooled
2: oh yeah definitely uh, being homeschooled I was kind of already doing what lots of other people what became was new for other other kids coming in was something I was already used to so school didn't really change much for me it was the same it's just like I said I wish I had a backdrop of worry that was like the only thing that really changed for me but other than that school was basically the same
1: Well, thank you so much for being here and for talking to me. Um, You are a delight, and it has been delightful to uh, talk to you. Thank you. This has been the Ed Surge Podcast. Each week we bring you conversations like this one. So if you like what you heard, you can keep up with future episodes by subscribing on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. This episode was edited and produced by Jeff Young. Special thanks this week to Scripps for the audio from last year's competition. Music this episode by Rowan Jane. We'll be back next week with more on the future of education. Thanks for listening.